Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church. You are either listening to the podcast version or you can also watch it live streaming on YouTube or recorded VOD of it. This is a new series and we are going to be going through the book of Colossians. I hope you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, the book of Colossians. We are in part four of Colossians, and the title of this is The Concern and the Mystery, or you can flop those around, The Mystery and the Concern, either which one. And this being the fourth part, let's go through a recap. The very first thing that we went through is find eternal life. Remember that you are the reflection of what God is doing inside you. And the authority, Jesus' authority is not given or earned. And that's where most people are, are looking at. But Jesus' authority comes from the characters who he is. Nothing that, that anybody has put upon him. Um, whether or not you agree he's a leader or not does not affect his position in any way, shape, or form. It's who he is. And then identity. Understanding that Jesus is the fullness. It is how we find literally to be finished, to be complete. Notice that when he was creating man, there was like this little piece, this little phrase that was missing, and that was um, that it is good. And that completion was done on the cross when Jesus says it is finished. And uh, also in Sunday school class, Dick brought up this, this note of he died for our fullness, but he was raised again for our sanctification, our deliverance, because he did not stay dead, and we find our life in him. Thus the whole, like, Romans chapter 6, being buried with him, the whole nine yards. So... That's our finding eternal life, our authority, and identity. And remember, Paul was writing to a people that he had not necessarily met. He was writing a, writing to a people that he was praying for. He was writing to a people that he wanted to make sure was was somebody that that they knew exactly how to um, follow after. And so, um, in Mark. Chapter 4, 11 through 12. I'm going to bring this out here. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for this day. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful time today in your word and worshiping you. And I pray, Father, that our hearts and minds will be open to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Mystery always has a tendency to catch us and to ask us a question and to so that we would actually seek. Notice that a mystery is basically something that is there 
And if you are willing to actually seek, if you're willing to search, if you're willing to go for it, it's there. It's something that's a, that is attainable. And in Mark chapter 4, 11 through 12, Jesus lays out the purpose for a parable. Notice that how he said that is that, you know, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Notice, though, that what he's basically saying is if people were to have understood the parable, if they were to have understood it, they would, they would literally turn. So the parables that Jesus is saying were witnesses and were messages of salvation because if they were to have understood the parables that were being given by Jesus, they would turn. Here's the thing, and, and at first, when you at first glance, you're like, well, why would God keep that from them? Because, you know, and we come up with different reasons. Well, you know, it's like that's what needed to have happen in order for Jesus to die on the cross and stuff like that. And and and, and that's something that kind of makes sense. But I'm going to also say this. I'm going to put this out for you. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Not of one nation, not of one people, but for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The whole world. So Jesus came to save that, but see, the people at this point in time, especially the religious leaders at this point in time, those that were looking for the Messiah, were not thinking about the entire world. They're, where they were at was right here for us right now. This is not unlike what we have a tendency to do because we have a tendency to think about our own issues of what is going on right now. All across the world, people have done, and it's been throughout history, there has been people who have going through stuff and going through issues that we don't have any clue on. I'm going to go even to a certain extent that there are people who are next, live literally, literally next door to you that go through issues that you never know about. You may be going through issues that we do not know about. And it affects there. It affects you. But Jesus was doing things not for himself. And he wasn't just doing them for the people who were following after right then. He was doing something for eternity. Why? Because he went to go build a house, build rooms. He was aiming for eternity. He was aiming for something that we can't even see. We don't even know. We don't even understand because we do not grasp. And it says, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom. And he reveals to, that to them. But we even, you, you will read in, in, in Acts, uh, let's see here, we were in Acts chapter 11 today, and there was something in the book of Acts that it wasn't until many years after Jesus had had or had risen from the from the dead or you know whatever like a, a time period had stretched over 
and Peter is going over to this deal and he understands what was stated when Jesus was still alive. He's like, now I get it. And it's like this time had passed and he finally got it. So it's like when you look at the disciples, you may think, oh, well, then that means that they just understood everything. No, they didn't understand everything. As a matter of fact, that very parable that it was given to them to know the mystery of, they still didn't grasp it and they still didn't get it. So a mystery that is revealed. In Colossians 1, 24 through 27, Paul brings out the mystery because that was a mystery of the parables that was Jesus was talking about. In Colossians chapter 1, 24 through 27, he says this, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. We're now into verse 26 of Colossians chapter 1. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when he was talking about his sufferings and, and fulfilling the afflictions, it wasn't that he was like, he was like, I'm making up for all the things that are lost, but it's like he is, he's out there and he is taking on a lot of stuff and he's out there in the ministry and he's doing the things that are going on. Why? For the body of Christ, for the church, for the assembly, for the people to actually come together. The revelation of the mystery. The answer to that mystery was not known before because there was that mystery that was there. Jesus revealed the mystery of the parables to his disciples. And Paul is saying that Jesus was the mystery that was sent because the mystery that is truly there is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We can debate many things, question many things, but not God, and definitely not what God reveals. The message that Paul was basically trying to really truly get at is that this is not a message from man, but this is a message from God. This is when, when you talk about Jesus, you're not talking about an opinion, you're not talking about a thought, you're talking about who Jesus is. You're talking about who God is and what God did. It is not an opinion, it is not a thought. It is a message that has nothing to do with what I think is or what I think may not be. The hope, hope is defined as an expectation of something to happen and knowing that it will happen. Now next, the concern. This is where we at the, as a church, a lot of times we have a tendency to fail. Because in verses 28 and 29, it's very important. Him we preach, this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. 
Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. If Paul talks about his passion that people actually be presented to God, and we can get wrapped up in that, trying to make sure that things look a certain way or are packaged in a certain way. But I want you to note something in that. That, they, that he warns and he teaches in all wisdom. Here's the thing. Where does wisdom come from? If I am warning and I'm teaching people in all wisdom, it means that I need to be listening to the Spirit of God because it is by the Spirit of God that grants all wisdom. It is by the Spirit of God that 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 knowledge and that understanding and that wisdom comes out for that ministry to actually come in. So this is where we sometimes we get wrapped up into how a person looks, how a person is perceived, how a person acts, how a person whatever, and we get wrapped up into that and, and we think that that is how it's supposed to be. But it's like in all wisdom instruct, in all wisdom train, in all wisdom warn, in all wisdom it is by the Spirit of God. We are literally being instructed to listen to the Spirit of God and in all wisdom give out warnings and in all wisdom know how to actually instruct and know how to say. Like, for instance, a person that you know had a difficulty with their dad, probably not a grand idea to actually approach the gospel of truth as I know of a perfect dad. Is he a perfect dad? Yes, he is. But... You might want to actually, when you're approaching the gospel of truth, introduce it as, by in all wisdom, how do you approach it with that person? If there is a person that is hurting on the inside, how do you approach that person? You're not going to know because you do not know the hearts and minds of, of, of people. Guess who knows the hearts and minds of people? God. So in all wisdom, instruct. Well, how is God going to instruct? He's going to instruct you in how to show love one to another. You see how that all connects? How that all is combined? Show love one to another. They will know you by how you show love one to another. They will know you by how you in all wisdom train and instruct and warn. In our trying to help, we sometimes step in areas that we shouldn't. We come across as judging when we should be forgiving. We come across as critical when we should be encouraging. We come across as better than when we need to be a sinner saved by grace. We get lost in this need to make sure things happen in a certain way. And I want to bring into remembrance Colossians 1.9, which says, and I'm going to read it from here so I don't make a mistake. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease what do they do? They do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. How are they approaching the difficulties? 
They're not harping on what could go wrong. They're not harping on what could be happening in their lives. They're not harping on that. They're instructing in what is right. How do you fix an issue? You don't fix an issue by pointing out a, a, a problem. You fix an issue by saying, well, this is the way it needs to actually be. We need to be following after Jesus. And if we're following after Jesus, then the problem that whatever is going on is going to get worked out. Because if I'm following after Jesus, whatever is in my life that is not supposed to be there, I'm not going to be okay with. Because why? Because I know that the one whom I am following is not okay with it in my life. So now it's not somebody telling me what to do. It's my relationship with Jesus that says, you know what, I want to follow after Jesus more than I want whatever this is. I want to follow after Jesus more than I want to prove a point. I want to follow after Jesus more than I want whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? So my trust and what they were doing is they were saying, we pray for you ceasingly. Let's put this into right now here in Jordan. How about if there's issues in this town, right? There's probably very little issues in this town, right? Nobody knows of very many issues. Sorry. Okay. What about when you know that there's issues in the town, the very first thing that you actually do is you pray for the hearts and the minds of the people in this town, for the county, for the people. They prayed, and then he made sure that he communicated to Colossians that we are praying. Why? So that you will actually be encouraged in the Lord. Why? So that you can be knowing that who's your authority and that is God is your authority. And so that you understand that it is the Holy Spirit that convicts. You don't convict. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. And that also, that wisdom comes from God. And so in that realm, as you are ministering, as you're witnessing here in Jordan, Montana, in the Garfield County, as you're witnessing in all wisdom and in all ability in the fullness of God, understanding that it is by prayer and your relationship with Jesus that the ministry of Jesus can go out. But you do not want to do it without understanding who the authority is because the authority is God. The relationship with God comes through Jesus. You prove that every single day when you follow after God through Jesus. That's your proof. That is your litmus test. That is your relationship. You want to learn how to actually forgive other people? Understand how God has forgiven you. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the concern is to present ourselves perfect before Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, found in Christ Jesus. Well, how do you actually do that? You do that by encouraging one another, and you do that by also making sure that you yourself, you cannot help any person if you yourself are having your own struggles. You can't point fingers when you have 3,000 fingers pointing right back at you. So the best way for you to help the people around you, is to make sure that your relationship is secure in him. Follow after. Pursue him. Allow that to be the witness. Allow that to be the push. Allow that to be something that you go after.
I still remember a Tyler that I worked for. Um, he came up from, oh, I think it was Arizona. And he came over to Washington, and I was working with him. And uh, as he was tiling, he told me the story. He said that he was tiling this bathroom. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but what happens when you, you basically you put the mud down below it, and then you take your tile and you put it on top of it and then there's little gaps and what happens is is that in the gaps there's normally you know some gray matter of the mud still coming out of it and it doesn't really look all that pretty to be quite honest it, it's really not there you have the tile and you have the mud and so it's up there on the wall it's in the bathroom and whatever and this customer the customer comes in and starts complaining that looks awful it looks horrible it looks absolutely positively horrible you need to rip all of this off and you need to make this look good right you need to rip all this off because obviously the customer knew exactly how to tile right so what did my, my, my boss do at that point in time? The boss was nice to the customer, smiled at the customer. Customer left. Did my boss rip off the entire tile? No. My boss knew how to tile. So what did he do? He grouted it, cleaned it all up, and when the customer came in, the customer walked up to him and said, you know, I'm glad you listened to me and ripped that entire tile off because it looks so, it looks, it looks awesome. It looks incredible right now. Never told the, the customer that he had, didn't do anything of his idea. All he did was accomplish the work. And I guess I say that, that when you're walking in all wisdom, it's God's wisdom and it's not our own because we have so many different ideas of how things are supposed to go. But God knows how to accomplish the work. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. And I pray, Father, that you be glorified in our hearts and in our minds. And I pray, Father, that we may go in the fullness of wisdom and be witnesses for the gospel of truth. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast or watching this video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to listen or watch past broadcasts, you can go to agjordanmt.com. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day.